You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. I want to start out by uh, sharing a Christmas story, a Myers Christmas story a few years ago. Um, We were missionaries in Bolivia from 2004 to 2008. And before we left, we basically got rid of everything, sold everything. Uh, we had eight suitcases when we went down. may have been a little more than that, but I, don't, I can't remember. Um, but that's what we went to Bolivia with. And uh, in 2008, we came back, and we didn't have anything. And uh, we had a house, um, so we had moved in. Um, a few years, there were some people who gave us some things. We bought some things. But a few years later... Um, I was working two jobs, uh, two part-time jobs, and uh, one of the uh, part-time jobs was about to end. It was November, and uh, it was late November, I believe it was right after Thanksgiving, where um, one of the guys that uh, was in charge of the position asked me out to coffee, and he was very apologetic, just really had a hard time saying what he was going to say, but uh, the place had uh, invested in hiring someone else to come in. Um, and because of it, uh, he was basically saying, you know, we just can't afford to have you as well. So, um, so December will be your, your last month, and uh, you're, you'll, be, uh, you'll, be, you'll have to figure out what to do after that. And it was interesting. <laughs> this was right before Christmas, you know. And so as a dad, I'm thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> um, what am I, what, what I going to do? But it wasn't quite that bad in a sense because my wife and I had been praying for what was happening. We kind of knew a lot of what was happening was because of decisions we were making as well. And so we had prayed about it. But um, what was interesting about the story is um, that we had bought a Christmas tree and we put it up. And one day, uh, mid-December, we show up and there were all of these presents under the tree. And we didn't put him there. So uh, my father-in-law happened to have the key. He let someone in. And they put, the, they put the presents there. And when I think about that as a dad, um, and I think about the kindness, I think about our world is such a self-centered place where people are usually thinking about themselves this, whoever did this, and I don't know to this day, I have an idea, but I don't know for sure. Whoever did this did something that was a countercultural. It was completely selfless. It was upside down, you might call it. And today, as we think about um, what Jesus is going to teach, we're going to go to the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, um, there are these this big crowd of people in, in Matthew five twenty one it says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. So you got this large crowd of people, and Jesus moves up on the mountainside, and his disciples come up, and you can imagine he's looking over the crowd. Maybe some of the crowds up there, but he's looking over and he's teaching his disciples, and he's giving them this upside down perspective on God's kingdom here on earth. How to live God's way, not the culture's way. 
So um, in this sermon, uh, he gives them the perspective that is very different from what we're used, to, we're used to seeing. He says things like, blessed are the poor in spirit. <laughs> are you kidding? Those who are depressed, anxiety, uh, those who are hurting. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. That just doesn't seem, it, it seems backwards. The ones who mourn. Blessed are the meek, the ones who, and, and the ones that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are you, to the disciples, when you're insulted or persecuted because of me, for great is your reward in heaven. He uh, gives them kingdom perspective about living now with heaven in mind. He tells them, um, you, are the, you are salt and light in the world. In other words, give kingdom flavor, kingdom light, to the world. You're here for that purpose. He says things like, your words need to matter. You shouldn't have to promise or swear in order for people to believe you. Your words should matter. Show kindness to evil people. Love your enemies. That's upside down. That's backwards. Um, well, or are we backwards? <laughs> um, Give to the needy without seeking recognition. In this sermon, he also takes the time to teach them how to pray. And there, there is a, a great line in there where he tells, he, he, as he's praying, as this model prayer, he says, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, this kingdom is here on this earth and it's fighting against the current. <laughs> And it's, it's, moving up, it's moving against it. Um, and then he gets to Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. And he talks about things that last and things that don't last. A few years ago, um, my wife gave me this mug. And you probably can't read it, but it says, Fear the Beard. That was back when I was attempting to grow a beard. And it worked once, and then I tried it again, but obviously this thing has outlasted the beard, and it's lasted a few years. You know, great for a Christmas present. How many of you can remember the present you received last year for Christmas? Can you tell someone next to you what you got last year for Christmas? For some of you, this is a very awkward moment right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so there are people who do remember. That's good. Yeah. Um, So Jesus, in this passage, is about to talk about things that last and things that don't last. And and this is, oh, this was supposed to be my picture about the upside down kingdom. But anyway, uh, in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy. Vermin? How many of you use that word? Okay, I don't normally, but I'm thinking rats, you know, uh, possums. We have raccoons. Anyway, that's, that's, but uh, in the Greek, it's brosis, which um, is talking about things that are consumed or like food. Um, and other translations use the word rust or, or worm, something that's eaten away. So uh, he's saying, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. 
But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this word treasures appears twice. My question to you is, um, what are the different forms of treasure people pursue when you think about treasures? Money? Probably is first on the list. I don't know. Money? Uh, house? Property? Something else? Diamonds? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are a number of things that, that, that people pursue, and there was a um, a survey done by the Barna Group in 2014. So this is a few years old, but I thought it was really uh, insightful. So, oh, before we get there, speaking of things we pursue, this comes from, you know, uh, uh, well, this comes from American culture. It comes from uh, our roots. And you tell me where this comes from. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Where does it come from? Oh, that was kind of weak. Where does it come from? Yes. Okay, Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Uh, what is the treasure that is pursued in the Declaration of Independence? This is our way of life. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? That's what we chase. And if you have life and you have liberty, you're going to chase happiness. Is that a good thing? Yeah, could be a good thing. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, um, so these are things that are pursued by culture. So here's, here's that survey by the Barnett Group about American culture about this, this season of the year, like Thanksgiving, Christmas. What will make your holiday season fulfilling? Okay, that was the question that was asked. Well, 72% of uh, those who answered said time with family. How many of you would agree? Yeah, that's a big deal. Okay. Um, Giving and receiving gifts. Look at this. 7%. Ooh, so awkward moment. Yeah, right? Okay. Uh, Vacation or relaxing. 5%. Uh, Donating, serving the needy. 3%. Okay, uh, connecting with Jesus and God. This is Christmas, right? So the number here actually goes up. That's the highest number. It's 13%. Connecting with Jesus over the holiday season. Um, peace, 2%. And that actually comes up twice. But f- financial material gain, 4%. Does that even happen during this time of year? <laughs> Good health, 6%. Yep. Food, something's wrong with people. Only 1% find the food fulfilling. I know I find it filling for sure. Um, but 1%. Peace at home, 1%. Oh, yeah, something's definitely wrong with people. I could take, I could, um, yeah. Uh, snow. <laughs> let it snow, let it snow, let it, right? That's a popular song, but maybe not as popular on the survey. So snow is not that big a deal, okay. Uh, personal happiness, 1%. This kind of gives us a, a general idea in 2014. I don't think it's probably hasn't changed very much. Maybe, yeah. Um, but these are some of the ways that we think of culture and the things we pursue this time of year. 
question that I'd like us to think about is, what did Jesus pursue? What did Jesus pursue when he was on earth? And uh, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, he's in Zacchaeus' house. And he comes and he gives this statement about himself. And he says, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. What is Jesus' treasure in that verse? What is he pursuing? The lost, yeah. He's coming to pursue uh, the lost. And someone asked him, someone asked him, um, they they wanted to follow Jesus. And so he gives them this answer. Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Luke 9, Luke 9, 58. Uh, Why didn't he have a place to lay his head? Did he just decide not to work? Not to, why not? Not part of of his treasure, the, the thing he's pursuing. So Jesus takes his life and he lines up the way he lives his life with his goals in life. If we take a moment to just, to just think about this for a minute, you know, what, was, what did Jesus see as his treasure? I already asked this. He saw, he saw us, but let's take a minute and think about, about why Jesus, the way Jesus lined up his life. One question. Why didn't he get married? You ever wonder if he wanted to? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't find the perfect woman. Uh, okay. But he chose not to. And there are a number of things that Jesus, along the way in his life, he made decisions. And he gave things up. But could you imagine being Jesus, knowing some things about your life, knowing that uh, you would spend three years on the road, no place to live. Imagine taking, having children in tow. Knowing you're going to be, at the end you end up on a cross. At age 33, you're on a cross. Knowing all this, he makes a decision. Imagine being Jesus hanging on the cross, looking at your mother. And knowing your brothers or other people aren't going to take care of her or can't, I don't know. But you say to your, one of your best, your best friend, according to John, he's the one that's loved. <laughs> he's the favorite. And he says, Mom, here's your son. John, here's your mom. There are all these decisions that we probably just don't spend time thinking about. Jesus made all these decisions to line up his life with the treasure that he was pursuing. And so again, I ask you, what did Jesus pursue as his treasure? Us. What did he gain? When he gains me, what does he get for all the investment? Us. Yeah. Was that a great investment? Hmm. But he chooses to invest in us. And he chooses to see us as this great investment. He invests his entire life. Um, He leaves heaven to come and invest in us. Are there other examples of people that who invest in 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 the ways that Jesus does that see the world the way Jesus does? Yeah, the disciples, right? They left things um, and chose to follow Jesus. 
Paul gave everything up and chose to follow Christ. Okay, Zacchaeus. This is a great story. Zacchaeus in in Luke 19, um, this man was a selfish man. He lived for himself. He took from people. That's what he did. And he comes into this relationship with Jesus. And maybe he's seeing all these things. He's not married. He could have a good career in carpentry because that's actually pretty good money. But he's living differently. And then he talks to him. God's kingdom comes and comes into his life and transforms. And, and here's what happened. All the people that see Jesus hanging out at his house saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. He's not a good man. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. This is a man who, imagine you know Zacchaeus in your community, and maybe you've gone to pay your taxes to him, and he raised it. And you had to pay. And so here's Zacchaeus, and he gets up, and he makes a statement, I'm going to give back, and he comes to you, and he hands you a check, or he hands you some money that he's taken from you, and he hands you more than he took Hey, at first, you're going, that's, that's not right. That's not real. Something's wrong with this guy. What do they give him? You know? But he's transformed. It's upside down. This is Zacchaeus. Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like a man walking through a field. He walks through a field and he stumbles upon this treasure. He covers it up. And he goes home and he sells everything he has to go back and buy this property so that treasure can be legitimately his. The value of this treasure is so great that he's willing to give up everything. Are you a Jesus follower? Are you a Christ follower? Do you see the kingdom of God as this great treasure for which you're willing to give up everything? Willing to give up money, energy, time, pride, to die to self? Is this the treasure that we have? Are you a Christ follower? I'd like you to consider if you are a Christ follower, that one day someone told you about Jesus. Someone took time. I don't know how much it costs them, but for some people, it costs a lot of money to actually share, not just money, time, energy, maybe relationships. I remember my my dad, he left his homeland where he lived on a homestead, like original homestead. He left that to go to Paraguay to tell people about Jesus. I grew up in that home, and I remember him taking time to talk to me about Jesus, not to force it, but to have conversations and to just invest in conversation, invest in relationship until I came to the point and I said, I need Jesus. But he took time to share it with me. Not only did he take time to share it with me, he was authentic and he still is authentic in his walk with Christ. So when I hear what he says and I see what he does, 
They line up. And it makes me wonder, what kind of a Christ follower am I? What kind of Christ followers are we? And we'll talk a little bit more of that in a minute. But if you think about this message, Jesus, he's the gospel. It's him. It's a relationship with him. How valuable is it to share Jesus with others? Someone shared it with you. And if you think about um, just the investment people have made, people in this room, people who aren't here, people who are probably listening to this later. I remember growing up, our church was a living room. It had two rooms on one side, two rooms on the other. And my dad eventually knocked out two rooms so that it could be a bigger place for the church to meet. That was, that was where we had church. I had to beat up guitar and started playing. And anyway, now I look at this place. The lights, beautiful projectors, a way to communicate. You've got people in the sound booth, Jonathan. We've got Jim, people running sound, people running... Uh, all kinds of, there are so many things that are happening. Why? Because this message is so valuable. We want people to know Jesus. We want to share Jesus with people. And so people are, are investing in us. We go back and we look. So how valuable is it to share Jesus with others, and when we consider the value of sharing Jesus with others, um, there, we come to this. We come to this reality of, pers- of of the things we pursue, the things that last and don't last. And we think about what we invest in. There is a reality of pursuing temporary treasures, and temporary tre- treasures. Um, if we look at what Jesus said, He says, "Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. They they don't last." They're, they're temporary. It makes me think of, how many of you know what this is? Okay, yeah, raise your hand if you've used these. Oh, yeah, okay, very good. These are old DOS computers, right? Old DOS, I remember using these in college. Word perfect, 5.1, yeah. And uh, you had to use all the F keys to do all kinds of commands. Um, but I remember when we moved down to Bolivia, and uh, I was running a K-12 school, and one of the things that we didn't have were computers. And I remember all the essays, and kids would turn in their work. They would turn it in handwritten. I mean, they had nice handwriting. But the future was you needed, these kids needed to know how to type. They needed to, use, they needed to know how to use computers. So we started investing in computers. I eventually bought two. Eventually, we bought some nice computers. But when I was first getting started, I mentioned this to the old administrator, uh, the previous administrator, and he said, oh, no worries, we have laptops. We, I'm sorry, we have computers. And I said, really? Where? He said, oh, they're in the shed. <laughs> so I, I, I'm like, can we use them? And he said, yeah, def- yeah, yeah, you can use them, but I want you to remember, those are mine. You know, those are mine. And uh, I'm like, okay, they're really valuable to him. So I go and I open the shed, and guess what I found? <laughs> I found all of these DOS computers, so I took one out, I set it up, it came up, you know, I think it was green and black, you know, like that, Um, and I started trying to use this thing, I'm like, this isn't going to work, and I felt really bad, but I said, I went and I put them back in the shed, put one back in the shed, I'm like, look, you know, thank you for that, but um, yeah, I just put it back, I think think we're not going to use those at this point. I didn't want to tell him, 
your treasure is worthless. It really is, it's lost its value. But this is such a real thing when we think about our lives. I mean, how many of you guys can remember eight tracks? Raise your hand if you've used them. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, that was before mine. I just won't say anything. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, okay. um, I did actually use, anyway, I should just be quiet. Uh, how about cassette tapes? Oh, yeah. Oh, my kids don't use those. Um, VHS, video. Yeah, okay. Yeah, black and white TVs. Okay, remember the TVs, you'd turn them on and, and then when you turn them off, this white dot would go to the middle and there'd be this sharp noise and you'd, you know, when I was a kid, I'd touch it and it'd give you a little shock. Yeah. Um, telephones. Yeah. The yellow pages or, or booster seats as we used to use them, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, man, for some younger people maybe, not that young either, Nintendos iPods, CDs, iPods, I, 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 I took the one, an iPod the other day and I, I put it in and it was the only, like that was the only place where my wife stored all of her songs. And I plugged it in and I lost everything. <laughs> so now I'm trying to recover things. But, um, but things um, just go out of date. They become worthless. And it doesn't take that much time. It happens so quickly. And the reality is that things are temporary and we tend to pursue them. We go after them. And so in 2 Corinthians 4.18, I find this verse that talks about things that are temporary. For our, and verse 18, I'm going to skip down to verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is see, unseen is eternal. What are we living for? What are we living for? Are we living for the things that are here and now and it happens so easily? We get caught up, we get tangled up in them. And Paul is saying in this passage, man, what we need to look at are the things that are eternal. We can take the things that are, that are temporary and we can invest in, in the things that are, that are valuable. And we, when we think about what Jesus is saying here, the question we need to ask is, are we living for this life or are we living for heaven? There are things in your life you need to spend less on. They are temporary. They will vanish. You have the possibility of turning your temporary investments into long-lasting, eternal investments. <laughs> what a great deal. But in order to do that, we have to look at the future. And I don't mean just a few years down the road. That's a great investment strategy. But think a thousand years down the road. Think a long ways down the road. And so as we think about this, let's live towards heaven authentically. Let's live out our lives uh, thinking about what that looks like. Over the next few weeks, over Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year comes around, I think the question that we have is, how, how do we do this? Because Jesus said, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That's where we need to be aiming. And the question is, how? How do we do this? So there are some things I'd like to mention. There are four things I'd like to mention. One, ask yourself, 
Um, what are the different forms of treasure I pursue? And by the way, Jesus said this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Why did he say that? It's true, but I think he wants us to know where our heart is. He's giving us a gauge, a meter, something to look at and say, you want to know the condition of your heart? Here's a gauge for you. Where's your treasure? What do you pursue? And take a look at it. And so what are the different forms of treasure that I pursue? I want to invite you over the next week, over the next few weeks, to take some time and think, reflect, pray. Say, Lord, help me take a look at how I spend the money, how I spend my time, what are my interests. And then ask him another prayer, Lord, help me see the condition of my heart. I want to see, I want to know. And it's scary. It's kind of scary because we don't, sometimes we just want to ignore it because that way I get to keep doing what I'm doing. And God is, Jesus is constantly calling us to renew, to reconsider, to change, to be in that transformation process. Um, And so I'd like us to consider, how did we spend last year? What did we do last year? How did we spend Christmas or Thanksgiving last year? Maybe there are some things we need to change. And second, where can I spend less or different as we think about this? Um, And one of the areas I'd like to ask you guys, one of the things we want to do next week is we want to answer a question. And so Jay is asking, he's speaking next week, and he would like you to answer this question. So you can go to meet.ps forward slash advent. You can do that uh, now, or if it's distracting right now, you can wait. It'll be up until tomorrow sometime. And so you can take some time and just answer this question. What Christmas traditions do you have that focus on spending time with others? So if you could take some time to think about that and just post them, it'll be helpful in in next week's message as well. But it'll also be helpful to think about how did I spend it last year? What did I do last year? So I can consider how I can spend this year. Second, uh, we already did that. Third, what relational adjustments do I need to make? Relational adjustments, relationships with with God. If you think about Christmas, what's Christmas all about? The heart of it. Jesus comes to us. Why? Not just to save us. Yes, it is to save us. But he wants a personal relationship with us. He's just not just throwing money at us. (laughs) He really wants to spend time with us. He wants to get to know us intimately, wants to speak to us, wants to hear our voice, wants to spend time with us. If you really think about it, he's here right now with us. Just that thought, the almighty, all-powerful God in this room, prodding our hearts, listening to our thoughts. This is him. He really wants relationship with us. And so, um, if you remember that poll, only 13% will take time to connect with Jesus. Maybe that number is less in 2019. But this is Christmas. Can we take some time to spend time with him? And second, let's be authentic. Not just spend time, let's be authentic in our relationship so that people can see this is real. I'm not faking anything. Jesus is real. 
Let's practice our faith. Our kids need to see us live out our faith. Not just uh, something, not just so they can see something. Not, not, don't put on a show for them. Be real. And that sometimes mean being, means being really honest about things you struggle with. Things <laughs> just, I don't, I don't pray enough. I don't do it right. You don't have to have it all polished. Um, money, it's a great tool. Maybe I can give differently this year. Spend less on things that won't last. Maybe invest in things like food boxes, donating clothes, socks. Man, there are opportunities out there. We can do that today. It's not all about money. Keep that in mind. I think of dads. We live busy lives. We all do. It's, it's busy. And sometimes giving time, it's just easier to give a gift. And sometimes we do that relational with people in the community. I think about those people who left the gifts under our trees. I'm pretty sure they're, good, they're friends of ours. They invest time. And sometimes when we connect and share with people, it's just an opportunity like the Christmas community celebration night. You'll get to talk to someone. Maybe it'll be brief. But what if that could be a long-term investment where you invest in a relationship with someone? It goes beyond. What if? I think about this man, Jay McKinney. Oh, yeah. Four times struggling with cancer. Yeah. And this fourth time around, um, there's no treatment. And it looks like there's no surgery. So what, is, what does this mean for him? But as he considers and the perspective he has on life, he writes this poem. I hear the wind blow as the leaves dance on the street. I know that soon you will shuffle down the hallway. Wrapped in your blanket, you will make your way to me. Because every morning you come and you greet me. You shower me with love to start the day. So could I just have one more morning so I can hold you? Could I just have one more hug and one more day? You press your cheek up next to mine, and I'm smiling. I hear the wind blow as the leaves dance on the street. I know that soon you will shuffle down the hallway. Wrapped in your blanket, you will make your way to me. Because every morning you come to me, you come and you greet me, and you say good morning with that precious little voice. Your eyes are squinting and have not yet adjusted to the light. But as I sit and hold you, everything in life is right. So could I have just one more morning so I can hold you? Could I have just one more hug and one more day? Perspective. The reality is, our story is not that far from his. Time is fleeting. It goes goes by really fast. And my question is, how are, we, and how are we spending our lives? How are we investing? What are we doing? And think about, man, what are the opportunities I have this year? I want to take advantage of those moments. If I had one more day, if I had one more opportunity, what would I do with it? As you uh, think about what we, sh- what we talked about today, and you'd like, if you'd like to pray with someone, if you're here, I don't know what perspective you came with. All of us come with some kind of perspective. Maybe we're thinking, I'm going to repeat what I did last year, or maybe that's just going to happen because I haven't thought about it. But um, uh, I just want to encourage you to think and pray. There are some prayer teams on the side over here and over, uh, over to your right as well. 
Um, if you'd like to pray with someone, please take advantage of it. They would love to just uh, pray with you. So having said that, I'd like to leave you with uh, this verse that we already mentioned today. May this be our perspective this week. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Go bring God's kingdom to the world. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.